Well, praise the Lord. I hope you came this morning in the name of the Lord. Ready to hear a word from God. We've already been blessed so much. <clears throat> I heard Darren one time. I was trying to get over here fast enough to hear him. I heard most of it again. And a tremendous, oh man, uh, it, it, it choir, just tremendous music today. Praise the Lord. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. And we'll begin reading in verse 33 as we think this morning uh, over the fact that God reigns over me. God reigns over me. I've got a little, uh, a little uh, paper that I have where I uh, look at my computer every morning and says there are two facts I need to be reminded of. Number one is there is a God. And number two is I am not him. His thoughts are not my thoughts. His ways are not my ways. He is everlastingly, he reigns over us. Beginning in Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Would you stand please in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all sufficient word. The Bible says, Romans eleven thirty-three. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. Father, thank you this morning. <clears throat> How blessed we are to be in this place today. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to just fall fresh. May your Holy Spirit continue to minister to us, even as you've already done. And Lord, we'll, we'll thank you in advance for the souls that will be saved, the families put back together, the people who will be touched and drawn closer to you, and everything else you desire to do. Have your way in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Foundations are very important. I looked in my notes and we were hoping to have a foundation in the children's building last January. And here it is. We haven't got it yet. But when we get it, it's going to be something to behold. It's going to be something. Actually, there'll be more concrete underground than there will be above ground. Because a building foundation is important. No matter how tall the building is, no matter how elaborate the building is, if the foundation's not solid, you got problems. And it's that way in all of areas of life. A building's got to have a foundation. A marriage is built on a foundation of trust. I was talking to a couple this week, and, and uh, we, we kind of got down to the nitty-gritty. And uh, they said, you know, just tell us what's on your mind. And I, you know, I have a hard time doing that face-to-face. -face. I don't have a problem out right here. Uh, I, I know where the exit doors are, but, but, but when you're sitting with a couple, and I said, you know, the real truth is y'all don't need to get married. And they said, well, we love each other. And I said, that's beside the point. You don't trust each other. And I want to tell you, if you go into a marriage and not trust someone, you're setting yourself up for a miserable time. I mean, all you'll do all day long is think, wonder what's happening. wonder what's going on. Uh, everything's a cloud over it there. Marriage is built on trust. Now, if you're in a marriage and you don't trust them, maybe you ladies need to get a good tuba for or something to kind of get him into shape. But, but and I'm not saying don't, don't get out of that marriage uh, because uh, uh, of trust. But don't go into a marriage, young people. If you don't trust somebody, don't, you don't want to live with them the rest of your life. Trust me. 
Marriage is built on trust. America, now we, we can't be spiritual this morning. We got to be pagan. America is not built on the Bible. Even though you go to Washington, D.C., you won't find one building that doesn't have a scripture on it. You won't find a monument that don't have a scripture on it. But let's just say we're all pagans. Then we'd have to say America was built on the Constitution. And bless God, the Constitution is full of the Word of God, too. Everything in there that designed our country comes right out of the Word of God. But just say it's the Constitution. That's the trust of it. That's the foundation of it there. Friendship is built on the foundation of respect. How many of you have had someone that you thought was your best friend only to find out that they talked behind your back, kind of stabbed you in the back a little bit? Mm. Boy, that, that knocks out friendship quickly. Quickly. Homes are built on love as a foundation. Foundations are critical. And the foundation for us as Christians is the New Testament church. That's what it is. Now, a lot of people say the church is out of date, don't need the church anymore. The book I have here tells me Jesus is coming back for the church. He's not coming back for the Billy Graham Association. I'll just be honest with you. He's not coming back for anything except the New Testament church. That's who he's coming back for. So it's important that we know what the foundation is. Uh, when, when you're studying the Bible, you're not looking just for historical facts or biographical trivia there. You, you want eternal truth. And the eternal truth is Jesus is coming again for the church. That, that's the, the foundation of our entire Christian faith, the church. Now, as I think about this, uh, you, you boil everything down, and it's really one three-letter word, God. G-O-D, God. I mean, that, honestly, isn't that what changed your life? Isn't that what gave you vision to go on with a new life? I mean, when you all boil it down, it's God. It's God. And God is sovereign. God is great. Psalm 103, 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty rules over all. Wow. Huh. That thought's got a lot of implications. I don't know if, but I, I remember because I hated literature. But uh, we had to read that poem, Invictus. I don't know if y'all had to do that or not, but it's got a little thing in it. I'll remember it just like it was yesterday. Uh, it, it says, it matters not how straight the gate how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And I'll never forget Miss Riley. She was the uh, mayor's wife. As we read that, she stood up in our class in Corrigan. And she said, what you read is a total lie. There is only one master of your soul and one master of your faith, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I remember that like yesterday. Now, you can, probably can't do that anymore. Not legally. It's not politically correct. Everything's got to be politically correct. I want to tell you, if you've got one of those bumper stickers, uh, don't get mad at me, that says, God is my co-pilot, you better take that thing and rip it off. Because you ain't got no business being a co-pilot with God. He's your pilot. He's the one that gives you direction. You're there because of the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The sovereignty of God, 
You're not going to hear about it in many churches today. And the reason is because we've taken on the Frank Sinatra theology. I want to do it my way. And I'm not interested in what God says, not interested in what someone else is trying to teach me. I want to do what I want to do. And you're going to find that in, in, in many churches today. You're going to find that kind of preaching. But I want to tell you, sovereignty means that God is king. He's the one that calls the shots. He's the one that rules and reigns over everything. He's the one that is over our circumstances. Nothing happens except he causes it or he allows it. Wow. Now, that's, a, that's a, 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 a mouthful right there. Let me just examine this for you. Number one, let me use a big word so you'll think I'm intelligent. <laughs> you'll know better. God is omniscient. Comes with a Greek Latin word, all, omni, which, and then the Greek word sentia, which means to know. In other words, God is all-knowing. God knows everything. Let that sink in just a minute. Because, see, some of us think that we've gotten by with some things that God doesn't know. God knows. God knows. He knows all. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 20, in whatever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. You say, what does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means that God's just like your teenager. He knows everything. <laughs> Amen? I, I can say that because I was there. You get about 15 and you kind of think your parents are kind of like a, as dumb as a sack of rocks. And then you uh, kind of grow on a little bit more and along about 22, 23, maybe 28, some of you longer than others. You realize your mom and daddy had more brains you thought they did. You realize that wisdom was there, you just didn't see it. I want to tell you, folks, God knows everything. He knows everything about every one of us. No one... Uh, is exempt from that. Reminds me of a prosecuting attorney in a small town. You get in these one horse towns, everybody knows everything. And he called, uh, the prosecuting attorney called a witness, Ms. Williams. And she was an older lady in the town. She was also kind of nosy and kind of a gossip. And he called her up to the witness stand and, and he said, uh, Ms. Williams, do you know me? And she said, yes, I know you. I've known you since you were a baby. And uh, he was smiling really big. And then she said, but I want to tell you, you've been a great disappointment to me. You lie. You cheat on your wife. You manipulate people. You talk about them behind their backs. You charge for far more money than you're worth. And you don't have the brains to realize you're never going to amount to anything other than a two-bit paper pusher. Yeah, I know you. Well, he was stunned. And he didn't know what else to say, but... He looked over at the district attorney and he said, do you know him? And she said, yes, I know him. I used to babysit for his mother and daddy. I changed his diapers. And quite frankly, he's a great disappointment too. He's lazy. He's got a drinking problem. He cheated his way through law school. He's single because no woman to have him. And he's one of the most crooked lawyers in this state. Yes, I know him. Immediately, the judge pounded that gavel and said, you two guys come up here. He leaned over the desk and said, if either one of you ask her if she knows me, <laughs> you're out of here. <laughs> but I want to tell you, folks, God knows us. 
God knows us. He knows us very well. That's why when we talk about that word confess, we're confessing our sins not to a God to tell him what they are. He already knows what they are. That word confess is a Greek word that means agree. What we're doing is agreeing with God what our sin is. We're getting on the same level uh, as God is there. God knows the what, the when, the where, the how. The Bible says, Proverbs 15, 3, the Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. Wow. He knows us. Everything about us. Think about that. Mm. Sometimes I get weary when I come to praise the Lord because I know me. And I think it's, it's just almost hypocrisy to raise your hands and want to shout and want to be excited about the Lord when I know what kind of life I have and have done. And you may, I just kind of quieten down a little bit and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And, and he'll say, what for? I said, Lord, I, you know, I did this. He said, you confess that. I separated that as far as the east is from the west. Why are you wanting to drag it up? Once again, I can put a smile on my face and thank God for Calvary and this grace that covers my sins, past, present, and future. And I can continue to praise the Lord. He's omniscient. He knows everything. But he doesn't hold it against us once we've been saved and confessed our sins. Second thing in this scripture here is God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere with everyone. For him, from him, through him, verse 36 says, and to him are all things. Now, the reason that it's all through him and, and in him and for him is you can't get around him. He's already there. I love the great sayings of Yogi Berra. Yogi was a tremendous, deep thinker. He said this, I've noticed that everywhere I go, there I am. Now, that's deep. That's just deep. Well, I want to tell you something. Listen to me. Everywhere you go, there God is. You go to the height, you go to the, the lowest part. You, you, you sing a song so big you can't get over him, so wide you can't get around him, so low you can't get under him. That's the God we serve this morning. He is omnipresent. In a real sense, none of us really have true privacy. Now, you still need to let your shades down because uh, your neighbors don't need to look at you. But quit trying to let your inside shades down because God already knows all about you. God knows where you went, where you're going, all about you. Jeremiah said, am I a God who is only close at hand? No, I'm far away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and the earth? Hmm. We can't be in two places at one time. But if, if we serve a Lord that can, he's everywhere. He's all, all places. Now, there's a couple of little twists here. Even though God is in every place, there's no place that can contain God. He's too big. 
I was sitting out on the back porch this morning and just trying to finish up. You know, I'm, I'm doing shorter sermons, so now I spend my time trying to add to them a little bit. <laughs> has, has it ever dawned on you? I mean, there's some things God cannot do. But has it ever dawned on you that God has never created a rock so big that he can't pick it up? That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we serve. He's with us all the time, never leaves us nor forsakes us. Omniscient, omnipresent. Let me give you this last one. He's omnipotent. Omnipotent. Literally means all-powerful. Sometimes people say that means God can do anything. There's some things God can't do. God can't lie. God can't contradict his character. He, he, he can't do something that's against his character at all. But he can do literally anything. His power knows no limits because he's infinite and he's infinitely powerful. Isaiah 40, do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary. He does not become tired. Can you imagine a God who never runs out of energy? I, I despise sitting around. But I tell you, when I go home and I get in that easy chair and I crank that gear shift back, I'm probably there for the duration. I'm there until I wake up again and then get up and go to bed. I see little kids running around. I think, man, if I just, Lord, just, just a little bit of that energy, just, just a, a little bit of that back. But you know it doesn't take any more energy for God to create the heavens and the earth as it does for me just to... That's how strong God is. That's how powerful God is. He never runs out of energy. He's omnipotent over anything you can imagine, over nature. He can look at the Red Sea and cause it to split wide open. He has a power over the devil and all of the demons. And one day he's going to imprison them in a place called hell. And he's going to take us up and we're going to live with him for all of eternity. That's what we got to look forward to. All-powerful, all-powerful. All of these omnis that we've looked at, they all work together. God can do anything he wants to. He's omnipotent. God can do it anywhere he wants to do it. He's omnipresent. And God knows how to do it the right way because he's omniscient. So if, if, if all of this is true, where does that leave us? Well, what about us? I'll tell you where it leaves us. We have to understand that we're part of his equation, but he is the greatness of all. There's no one that can touch what God has done. There's no one that can believe like God. There's no one that can do what God has done. He literally is sovereign. Sometimes he does things that we don't understand and may not like. But God is a true loving God. And by and by, we're going to understand it all. We need today to come to that everlasting God. Augustine wrote several hundred years ago. He said, we count on God's mercy for our past mistakes. He said, we count on God's love 
for our present needs, but we count on God's sovereignty for the future. Some of you here this morning, the truth be known, you've never had your past, present, future sins forgiven. And you need to come down this aisle and you need to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Make him Lord and Savior of your life. He said, Preacher, I'm, I'm not sure how to do that. How do I know I need to do that? Well, if the Holy Spirit's not knocking at your heart's door right now, you don't need to do that. But if he's, if he's knocking at your heart's door, you need to be obedient. I'd rather wait. Well, you can. You can. Grace he extends to us, but faith is our responsibility to respond to that grace. I preached on Wednesday night. People always saying, faith moves mountains. Faith moves mountains. That's hogwash. If faith moved mountains, your faith would be in your faith. Faith don't move mountains. God moves mountains. God's the one who's moving the mountains. God's the one who's saving the souls. God's the one who's healing the sick. God's the one who's mending families back together. It's God. It's God. Now, it comes through faith, and faith comes by hearing the Word of God. But it's God that's the object of that faith. He's what we're depending on. So this morning, some of you need to come this morning and say, I need to be saved. James says, our life's like a vapor. Here one minute and gone the next. A lot of my prayer meetings with the Lord start out like pity parties. I begin to tell him how bad things are. I had one of those this week. And, uh, you know, when the older you get, the more you kind of bring things in retrospect. But I sat down and said, Lord, th- th- this was what was going to happen in my life. This was what I was going to accomplish for your glory. This was going to happen. This was going to happen. And, Lord, here I am now in the last lane of my life, and this hadn't happened. Where did it go? Where did time go? Some of you this morning need a little reality check. You need to understand you're not going to live forever. And anything you planned on doing for God, you really better roll up your sleeves, get on your knees before the Lord and do it now. Because we're not assured of anything. The way this world's going now, we're not assured, period, of anything. I don't know what tomorrow holds. No idea. But I know who holds tomorrow. And the same one that holds tomorrow holds my hand. And I'm asking you this morning, can you say that? Can you say the Lord? I'm not asking, did you grab a hold of him? I'm asking, did he get a hold of you? Does he hold you? Because when all the smoke clears, that's going to be the important thing. Not that you knew him but that he knew you. Father, today we ask you to just reach down and touch lives that need to be saved, Father. We pray this morning for those that are right at, and they they don't even realize it, but they're at the door where eternity is fixing to be real for them, and they're not ready to meet you face to face. God, today, would your Holy Spirit be so powerful and so strong to draw them to say they need to be saved. Lord, there are others in this place that need a church home. Now, I pray, Father, 
that if it's your will that this be their church home, then, Lord, you move them today. If it's not, then, God, show them where they need to be, plugged in and connected. Because, Lord, we believe with all of our heart the way things are going, what we see happening in our world, in our country, in the rest of the world. Lord, we believe you're coming soon. It's not going to be long. So help us to do all we can for you. Maybe there's some in this place that just need to come and kneel at this altar. Say, Lord, I've kind of let down, and I want you to recharge me. I want to live for you. I want to be a glory to the kingdom of God here on this earth. I want my family to know that I love you with all of my heart. God, would you let your will be done in every life all across this auditorium this morning. We'll praise you. Thank you in advance for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as Brother Aaron leads us? Come on right now. Don't, don't wait. Christian, lead the way. Come on right now.